Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. So guys, we're really grateful you're here and staying in. I'm hoping what I have to say um, will be worth writing down, (laughs) if nothing else, uh, and perhaps worth hearing as well. So we're in week three of our Daniel Fast theme, um, and this week we're going to be thinking about praying for those that we know who are not Christians. If I was to ask you the question, are there non-Christian family members or friends in your life that you would love to know God? I think we'd all raise our hand and say, yes, yes, we've got people. If I was to ask you the question, do you pray for them every day? I suspect, again, a lot of us would raise our hand and say, yes, I commit these people to uh, to prayer every day. But the final question has been a real battle for me this week. And it's always good to preach out of my own inadequacy, so that felt comfortable. Um, But the question that God kept reminding me of was, do you really believe that God can change them, save them, and bring them to himself. Sometimes I can say, yes, I really do. And sometimes I look at them with a heavy heart and think, God, can you? God, can you? I've been praying for this person for years. Can you change their lives? If you hang around with me for long enough, you know I hang around with a lot of non-Christians. That's very purposeful for me. Um, very, uh, I love hanging out with my non-Christian friends. God's put some really lovely ones in my world. They're great fun. They're good to be with. We share our lives together. Um, and we look after each other's children. Uh, some of them feel like family to me. But I've come to notice that when hard times come for them, that's when it feels like we're quite different. If a non-Christian has a hard time, I don't feel like I have the same things to say to them like I would with you guys. You know, I'll say I'll pray for them, but I don't feel like I can say, do you know what? God's going to do this. And you know that because you've seen that in the past it's sometimes when, when they have hard times. For me, I go, oh my goodness. They, ha- they can't pray in the way that my, my Christian friends do. They haven't got the hope and the security like my Christian friends do. And that's when it feels hard to be their friend sometimes. You want to love them and serve them, and I do. But I haven't got the same way of talking to them. It's a challenge for me. I long for my non-Christian friends to come to know that God loves them and that with God, they can face anything. I long for them to know the truth that they've got a friend and a saviour. I look at them and I often find myself gingerly talking about Jesus a little bit and wondering, really, God, can you do this? Often they don't seem interested in what I have to say. Sometimes I feel like I've lost my marbles when I'm trying to explain something to them. It's a battle in all of us. But as someone just shouted, he can and he will. But we have got something that is going to help us massively in doing that. 
even when I haven't got all the faith in the world that God's going to change them, I can pray. I can pray. Praying for our non-Christian friends unlocks God's grace and power in my life and in theirs. I'll say that again. Praying for our non-Christian friends unlocks God's power in my life and restores my faith, but also unlocks God's grace and power in their life too. Justin uh, Welby said this, Without prayer, there is no renewal in our church. And without a renewal of the church, there is very little hope from the world. He knows that prayer is the key to seeing people come to know God. He knows that praying on our knees is what's going to see people come to know God's salvation in this world. When I was growing up, uh, I became a Christian when I was 16, and um, I had a, a whole group of friends, and I was the only Christian in that group. It was really quite a hard place to be. And when I became a Christian, I said, right, God, I want all of my friends saved by the time I go to university. Two years challenge, right? I thought, that can't be hard. God's the God who saved me. He can save them too. And so I committed to pray for them. I committed to be the light in the darkness. I committed all of those things. And uh, when I left college uh, to go to college, and they left to go to uni in their separate ways, one of them had become a Christian. And I was so excited about that. And that was really good. But there were still 19 more who hadn't. And God said to me, and I remember it really clearly, I was sat in my room at uni thinking about my friends. This is before you could stay in touch over Facebook. I didn't even have a mobile phone, and the queue for the phone in my halls was hugely long. Uh, So I hardly got to speak to them. God just whispered, just pray for them. Um, Out of that 19 friends, I I managed to stay in touch uh, in various ways with about 15 of them. And 20 years later... Another nine of them are Christians. You know, that's amazing. I played a small part in praying for them after uni and into uni. And every now and again, when they pop up on my Facebook feed or something, I pray for them again. But loads of them have come to know Christ. That encourages me beyond anything. I had no part to play in most of them other than to pray for them. But nine of them since that day have become Christians That encourages me in my now. That encourages me in my now. And so let's turn to see uh, how Jesus prayed, shall we? Uh, That's the passage that we uh, read. This is the day before Jesus uh, is about to be arrested and a day before he dies. And it's a bit of a masterclass, as you would expect from Jesus, on how to pray for other people. He's mostly talking about believers here, but there is so much in this passage that I think we can begin to pray for our non-Christian friends and family that will unlock God's power in our lives and in theirs. So you might find John chapter 17 handy to have open. The first bit of the passage, he prays for himself which was probably a good thing in all that he was about to face. Father, may I know that you are with me. The second bit, he prays for his disciples. Um, And do have a read of that passage, because that bit uh, is really, really helpful in us praying for each other. There's loads in that passage that we could pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then the last bit, uh, which Madonfo read to us, 
He prays for the world. He prays for other believers. He prays, and it's a masterclass. Jesus teaches us how to pray. After Jesus said this, he looked heavenward and he prayed. He prayed. And what does he pray? Well, let's think about it. First of all, he says, I'm going to pray, Father God, that you reveal your character to the world. That everybody knows that you are Father. Verse 25, righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. Jesus knows the Father. And they know that you have sent me. They know that I've been sent by the Father. And therefore, when they look at me, they learn something about the Father. We need to pray for our non-Christian family and friends that they come to know who God really is. That sounds really simple and honest, doesn't it? You know, we just want them to know who God is. But you only need to hang out with a few people and ask them the question, who do you think God is? And you will get all kinds of answers coming back. Let me tell you one story. A non-Christian friend of mine um, got her daughter christened, as happens. Uh, they're not really a believing family. And uh, I asked her, why, you know, why, are you having a, why are you having a christening? Um, and they were like, well, that's a lovely naming ceremony. Yes, it is. Um, but then when we dug a little bit deeper, she said the words to me. She goes, I, I, I don't think this is true, but I have a fear in my heart that if my daughter died... God would not let her into heaven because she hasn't been christened. And I went, what? And she said, well, that's what I think the Bible says, doesn't it? And I said, no. So I set her a little challenge. I said, right, you've got three weeks to find that in the Bible. If you can find that in the Bible for me, I'll buy you a bottle of wine. Three weeks later, a bottle of wine appeared on my doorstep and said, I think I owe you a bottle of wine. Because could she find that in the Bible? Of course not. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible does not say that unchristened children are not going to, go to, are going to go to hell. He doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. That's not the God that we believe in. The God we believe in sees every life as precious. The God we believe in saves. The God we believe in is an all-loving God that neither death nor life can separate us. And she said to me, I learned something about who God was from that conversation, and I did a happy dance. There are so many things in our world uh, that say lies about who God is. The truth of who God is is what our friends need to know. They need to know who he really is, because believe me, they don't. They might think they do, and the, the, some people will have good debates about that. And there are really good discussions to have around this. But there's also a lot of untruth that we as believers of the living God can begin to get into people's lives. So we need to pray that God reveals his true character. And there's loads of ways to do that. I've got two that you might want to try doing this week. Firstly, um, I often use the names of God to pray, not only for myself, but for people. So, for example, Jeremiah 23, 23 uh, talks about God not being far away, but being nearby. And the word that's used in my best Hebrew, Eliohei Kirarafoth. There you go. We need to pray the names of God 
for, the, for our friends. I need to pray for a friend this week, and this is why this one's here, that they will know that this God who is close is close to them. I need to use the names of God and say, I need to pray for my friend, and they need to know that God is near them this week because they feel very alone, actually. I need to use the names of God. I'm saying, okay, God, for this particular person, I'm going to pray all week that they know that God is near that God is near. There are so many names of God, and I'm, I'm convinced that as we ask God and say, okay, God, what can I pray for for my friend? He will reveal a character trait that they need to know about God, that they need to know about him. Maybe it's father, maybe it's friend, maybe it's savior. Whatever it is, we need to pray uh, the names of God. God, reveal them. Uh, reveal yourself to these people. We also need to pray that eyes are opened. We need to pray the eyes are opened. In Ephesians 1:18, it says, I pray also that the eyes of their heart may be enlightened in order that they may know the hope. They may know the hope. It goes on to say about who God really is, about his glorious inheritance, his incomparable great power. We need to pray that people's eyes are open to see the truth of who God is. We can all do that, can't we, for our friends, our family members. We can say, okay, God, I'm praying that their eyes are opened to the truth of who you are. Let's pray that people discover who God is for themselves. And let's pray that their eyes are opened to the righteous Father and the truth of God. The second thing uh, that we can pray is that our friends experience the kingdom. So in verse 16, it says that we are not of this world, just like Jesus isn't. There's another passage that says we're citizens of anyone? heaven, citizens of heaven sent to this earth to experience and bring God's kingdom here on earth. We need to pray for our friends and family that they experience the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God like? It's a kingdom of hope. It's a kingdom of healing. It's a kingdom where there is joy in all circumstances. It's a kingdom of miracles. It's a kingdom of truth and grace and love. This verse reminds us that we're kind of on holiday here a little bit. Our home really is heaven. But we're sent here to bring heaven to earth. I long for my friends to have a glimpse of what God's kingdom is like because it's an attractive kingdom. It's a brilliant place to live in, knowing that God is king and that we are his. And so as we pray for our friends, let's pray that they experience the kingdom of God. Not just know about it here, but actually experience it. And again, there's a couple of ways uh, that we can do this. Ephesians 1, back to Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 14, uh, talks a lot about who we are. For example, it says that we are adopted into God's family. We are sons and daughters of the living King. And so as we pray, then we need to pray, may my friend come to know that they are a son and daughter of the king. May they come to know that they are adopted into his family. Perhaps this week you want to take the whole of that Ephesians passage and pray that for your friends. 
I want to pray, Lord, that they come to know that they're adopted into God's family. I want to pray that, that they know that they were chosen before the world began. I want to pray that they know that they have a God who is their Father. As you read this passage, why don't you pray that they come to know the kingdom and what the kingdom looks like. There's something else that perhaps is a little bit more for the braver. We're all brave, right? Okay, good. Let's pray for some miracles to happen. Let's pray for some miracles to happen. Isaiah 61 verse 2 talks about the kingdom. Jesus refers to it in Luke 4. And uh, it says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Let's pray for some miracles, friends. Let's pray that our friends come to know that they have a God who heals them. How will they know that? By us praying for healing. Let's pray that miracles will happen in their family life. Let's pray that miracles will happen, perhaps in their finances, if they're desperately in need. Perhaps we need to pray that they will know God's healing of heart or of emotion. Perhaps they need the miracle of peace that only God can give. Let's pray for the miracle of peace for our friends. Let's see some miracles happen in our friends' lives. Jesus says that he came and performed miracles to point people to the Father's kingdom. That's our job, to pray for miracles, expecting with faith that God will do that, and then saying, hey, you know God did that. That's the kind of God we've got. Do you want to get to know him a bit better? I'm up for some miracle praying. I'd love a few of you to join me in praying for some miracles. That will encourage me. So we're going to pray and see... uh, God reveal himself, his true character to people. We're going to pray that the kingdom comes and that they experience kingdom uh, of God. But let's also pray uh, for God's provision in people's lives. In this passage in John, uh, we see Jesus praying provision for a number of things. And they're perhaps not the things that we think we should pray for provision for. Uh, There's no mention of food or clothing, uh, material needs. Jesus uh, prays for protection for his people. He prays that we know forgiveness and sanctification in verse 17. He prays that we know unity, that there's no disunity between us. He prays that we know we are loved. I'm praying that for my friends. I'm praying that they know God's protection, that they know his forgiveness. They know his uh, unity in their relationships and families but most of all, that they know the provision of God's love. When the people of Israel were wandering around the desert and they prayed for manna uh, or something to feed them, they got manna, didn't they, and quail? After a few weeks of living on manna, they moaned. God, give us something else. Give us something else. What we need and what our friends need are not always what we want. We need to pray for provision with spiritual eyes, not only for ourselves, but for our friends, asking God, what does my friend really need me to pray for in this situation? Is a really helpful question. God, what can I pray for? Often I say, God, okay, uh, you know this person way better than I do. What Bible verse shall I pray into their life this week? What do they really need me to pray? If you're a guardian reader... Uh, This week, you would have noticed they did a fascinating article about prayer. 
And uh, it's really, really interesting. They uh, asked, uh, so Tier Fund did the research, but uh, The Guardian reported of it, and they asked uh, a number of non-Christians or people of no faith uh, whether they pray. Half of those asked said they prayed regularly. Many were praying whilst doing the chores in the house. (laughs) Quite a few prayed at bedtime or first thing in the morning. Then they were asked what they prayed for. 71% of those people said that they always pray for their family. 42% of those people uh, said they thanked God for something. 40% prayed for healing of one way or another. And another 40% said they always, um, another uh, people said they were praying for their friends. Uh, Tear Fund sadly pointed out that only 24% of this group prayed for the world. That says something, doesn't it? There's an interesting article, a really fascinating article. And uh, it basically said uh, at the end this quote, um, which is fascinating. Many people are driven to pray at some point in their lives, even if they're not religious. Praying spontaneously is about reaching out. God hears everyone's prayers. Remember, these are people who say they are not followers of any religion, but they're praying. They're praying. That brings huge encouragement to me because if they're praying, maybe I can be brave and ask them what I can pray for. I can say, okay, you know I'm a Christian. Uh, What can I pray for you at the moment? And do you know what? This encouraged me to say they probably will answer with something because they're whispering to God themselves, why not as a Christian, why don't I come along and pray for those things that they're calling out to God for? It's very, very likely that many of our friends are praying. Let's encourage them by praying for them and with them if we're feeling brave. Praying into people's needs like this, their family, their healing, whatever they want, is an absolute gift of an opportunity for us. Let's be brave. And let's ask people what we can pray for. And then let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. I'm going to speed up a little bit. Let's pray for, for forgiveness. Let's pray for forgiveness. Jesus said, For them I sanctify myself, that may, they may truly be sanctified too. He knew he was about to go to the cross. He knew he was going to die, not for his own sin, but for the world's, yours and ours. It's a tricky area to talk to our friends um, about forgiveness, isn't it? And I, I often struggle with how I approach forgiveness. But you and I know that we are completely forgiven by Jesus. We are completely forgiven. We don't need to live in the guilt and the pain of a wrongdoing that we've done ourselves or that someone has done to us. We don't need to live in guilt. We need to live in the forgiveness that God has won for us. And I long for my friends to experience that sense of security too, knowing that they're forgiven, knowing that their past can be wiped away, that their present can be healed, that the pain of something being done to them or them doing something to themselves can be forgiven. And so here are some ideas uh, for us that we could pray Firstly, we need to pray that we ourselves know the truth of forgiveness. Because then we have stories to share of being forgiven, don't we? We need to know that daily God forgives us and restores us. So 
Some of us have uh, had to really work very hard at that, having prayer ministry or support to forgive something that's been done to us. But those stories are so powerful. They speak of a God who restores and loves us. So we need to know this for ourselves. You need to know that you are forgiven. But also we need to model this ourselves. And we need to, um, jumping ahead, uh, forgive others quickly too. I long for us as Christians to be known as people who forgive really quickly. That speaks volumes to our world who doesn't forgive quickly. And we need to uh, model that in our relationships. And that begins with prayer. So if someone hurts you, you need to pray, don't you? God, help me forgive this person freely. And then as we forgive, we pray that they will learn to forgive too. We also need to trust that the Holy Spirit will be at work in their lives, doing what he says in, in John 15. I come to convict the world of sin. We need to ask that our friends come to know that there is a God who will forgive them and whose love covers all sin. It's a really tricky thing to pray for our friends, but it's really, really important. My last one uh, is about God's protection. Love this verse. My prayer is not that you take them, that's me and you, out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. My prayer is not that, that we are taken out of this world, but that we are protected from the works of the evil one. And and Harold talked on this last week a bit about God's armor. But how do we turn this to pray for our non-Christian friends? We need to pray for their protection. What battles are they facing at the moment that we can pray God's protection on? What protection do our friendships need? Friendships have to be worked out, don't they? Uh, It's not very easy. Um, And we need to pray that the friendships we have, the relationships we have with non-Christians are protected. We need to pray that God looks after the time that we have to spend together. Because the biggest killer of a relationship is lack of time together. Or we need to pray that truth and honesty remains between these friendships. We need to pray that God protects the friendships that we have And then we need to pray protection over our friends. Life can and is very hard sometimes. I remember when our kids were really little and they weren't sleeping. Anyone remember that? (laughs) I looked a bit more dead than I do now. And uh, I just felt that a lot of my non-Christian friends were in the same place as well. None of us had sleeping children really. And I remember bravely saying to one of them, I'm just going to pray for your baby to sleep tonight. Uh, And they had a good night's sleep. The next night wasn't the same, but that's fine. We're not a God, have a God who we just demand stuff of. But they did have that one night of break. And she texts me the next morning and she said, thank you, thank you. Something changed overnight for us. We got some sleep. We can face the day. We need to pray protection over our friends. We need to pray for our friends to know that they have a God who is for them, not against them. A God who can look after them, who they can trust their lives to. So this week, our material for the Daniel Fast 
will help us to pray some of these things for our friends. Uh, So do, 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 every day dig into them again. We'll be praying the Father's character on Monday through to next Sunday. But just for a moment, I've said a lot. What's God whispering to you right now? Just take a moment. As I think back over that article in The Guardian, it gives me hope. People may not be interested in church, but they're praying. People may not know who they're praying to very well, but they're open to some higher power having an impact in their lives. They know that they need something beyond themselves. People are praying. And as church, as their friends, as their loved ones, we have a responsibility to pray, praying that they will come to know God in his true nature for themselves, praying that they experience the kingdom, praying that they know his provision praying that they know his guidance and forgiveness, praying that they know his forgiveness and his protection. As church, let's commit to pray for our non-Christian friends. I'm going to ask the band to come up and we're going to respond together. I'd love everyone just to close their eyes for a moment. As I was speaking, maybe right at the beginning, I'm sure somebody came to mind. What an honor and privilege it is to pray for people. What an honor and privilege it is to be the answer to those prayers sometimes. What an honor and privilege it is to see our friends understand who God really is. Some of us have had the privilege of baptizing our friends because they've come to know the salvation of God for themselves. Let's just have a moment and I'd love you to ask God, who are you asking me to pray for this week? Who are you asking me to pray for this week? And when you know that person that God's whispering in your head, will you stand? Will you stand? Who is God asking you to pray for this week? And why don't you uh, whisper or speak out the name of that person before God just right now? And Lord, together, we're asking that they will know who you really are. We pray for them that they will come to know that you are their king, their lord, their saviour, their friend. We're asking that they will experience this week something of your kingdom. We're asking, Lord Jesus, that they will know your protection, your provision, That they'll come to know that you are a God who forgives, restores, heals. For those seeking uh, which way to go, Lord, we pray for guidance for them. Lord Jesus, as we've whispered these names to you, we give them to you. And we commit before you to pray each and every day for them. For the sake of the world, may your fire come in this place. Restore our faith to believe that you are the God of the impossible. Restore our faith again. Some of us have prayed for these friends for years. Some of us have been on our knees many times. Restore to us the faith to pray again, Lord. To pray that you, the God of heaven, would work miracles in their lives. 
And so we're trusting you, Lord Jesus. Trusting you for our friends and family members, for the sake of the world, the sake of our friends. Pour your fire on this place so that we may pray without ceasing until all the world believes. Let's sing this together as we commit ourselves to keep praying.